1: Flash. splash weather repel premium windshield wash features a three-in-one formula that repels rain sleet snow and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine and its advanced beating technology keeps you seeing safely all year long see
0: safely on the road when you apply a little splash
1: pick some up at walmart today Once again, we are live. Actually, we're not live this week. This is a pre-recorded segment of Hanging and Banging. We've got two very special guests tonight. Leland Sklar, oh man, Leland Sklar and Ann Wilson of Heart. And uh, I'm telling you, this show is getting to be more and more about legends and icons each week. We already start with two that I'm going to bring to the screen right now. And that's Vinny Apice and Carmine Apiece. Did I do that right, guys? Because last show, you changed it on me, Vinny.
2: Yeah, I know. I um, I don't know. It's early in the morning, so no, you're both wrong. It. It's a
1: PJ. Eh? No, stop it. It's 80. 80 <laughs> this is our 81st segment. It's all 80. Was I struggled, and by about the 75th episode, I got the names right. I believe now. Last show, you totally throw it. I'm gonna call you like Carmine Stewart, and uh, I don't know, uh, freaking Vinny Osborne. I don't know what I'm gonna say. Well, actually, we're we them
2: by our middle names. I'm Paul and Mines Charles. 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 That's, That's it. Just Eden. call me Chuck. Chuck.
1: <laughs> the mother Chucker. Anyway, man, we got a very special, special <laughs> episode today. Uh, we say today because we are pre-recording this segment. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to start the show. Uh, Ann's going to pop in a little bit later, but we are going to start the show with uh, a guy that... Uh, I am so excited. I know you guys are too, but you know, you talk about unsung heroes. I wouldn't say unsung because he is definitely revered in the industry, but he's a guy that you won't believe, or I still can't believe or understand. I don't know if you guys really understand to what degree Leland has been a part of rock and roll history. This guy has appeared over 2,500 songs, 2,000 <laughs> albums. It's <laughs> like, you can't even fathom. I mean, really. So let's bring him on, Leland Sklar, uh, basis to the stars, and he's a star himself. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. I, I don't know. You oh, know what? Let me wow. let me redo my intro because I think he just killed <laughs> everything I just said. <laughs> wow, I oh, love it so much. We, uh, we got uh, we got then, uh, and here we Amen. have also. Amen.
2: Ann oh. Wilson's with us.
1: Woo! Wow. Man, in the house. <laughs> it's so cool, man. I haven't
2: talked to you in so long. I know, I know. You're looking fine. Yeah, fine. <laughs>
1: <That's> fine. <laughs> Hi, Ann. Thank you for joining us today. Very yeah. excited. I know you got a lot of stuff going on and really appreciate you joining us here on Hanging and Banging. And, um, I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's really, really cool to see you again. You played my theater. We recorded. I'm, I'm in, in St. Charles, Illinois, outside of Chicago, the Arcada. We recorded a, mm-hmm. a, a TV show there. You did several concerts for us. And so excited that you're joining with us today, really. Um, so well, you're doing incredible. a lot of press. What's happening with you that you're doing so much press right now?
0: Well, I have a new album coming out on April 29th. And, and uh, uh, it's called Fierce Bliss. And I'm just... Making everyone aware of it that it's coming, basically.
1: And um, what, awesome. how, what's the origins of Fierce Bliss? Is it a, a lot of new music, obviously originals that you're doing?
2: Yes, yeah. There are eleven yeah, songs that, on that. We heard that uh, that greed is a greed. The name of that song, the first single. Yeah, yeah, yeah it sounds yeah. pretty cool. Who's playing on that? Thank you. you who's playing with you? That's on that? um,
0: that's Tom Bukovac on guitar, uh, Gordon Moat. Tim Lauer on keyboards, Tony Lucido on bass and uh, Sean T Lane on drums.
2: Great. Nice. Great. Is that a new band? Now for you? Is that going to be your band? Yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, it is. Cool. We That's call
2: good.
0: them uh, we call them the Amazing Dogs and they're they're basically national <laughs> um, <master> musicians <laughs> right. except the, the the drummer is from Seattle. He's like, like a young up and coming guy.
2: And uh, oh, great. we just that all got together good. and uh, worked yeah, that's, you know, and on this show, people in. It's great to bring new people in, you know, absolutely. as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah on this yeah, show, we sure. call it hanging and banging. We call it hanging and banging because that's what we do. We just hang out. We talk about different perspectives. It's not the whole, you know. Hey, how would you get your start in the business? Kind of thing. It's not like that mm-hmm. at all. We try to. You know, you've done that a couple million times. But there is one little thing that we go back back with that I, I saw a couple on a couple occasions. And I'm trying to picture this whole thing. You as a little girl doing this thing called uh, uh, Sunday Pancakes and Opera with your dad. How did that, uh, what was that about? Well, my, my
0: parents were both loved music, you know, their generation's music, music and of all kinds and um so on sundays we would generally listen to opera or classics or um something like uh the mikado or something like that and just like have a big family midday breakfast and it just became a tradition you know it was great
1: wow
2: awesome
1: well it's interesting that it was opera and not pop or anything else i mean you went you you went to the, the big guns at that at that age
0: yeah, you know, I was uh, not really a rock musician until much later. I played the flute and orchestras and band and stuff like that. And the family was pretty much oh. classical music. And um, so, yeah, it just came
2: naturally to us. So, so when you, you must have music, read music then, right? You must have read music.
0: Yeah. To play the flute. Wow. Yeah. That's
2: very
0: cool. <laughs> and, although I wouldn't call my sight reading really excellent. You know, it was, it was well, good me enough. Neither.
1: But well, still, the master thought, yeah. sight reader
2: is is next to you in the in the square.
1: Yeah, ah. Leland.
2: Yeah. yeah, Leland. I would imagine Leland, you sight read a lot of the stuff when you do a
3: yeah, I, kind of like like Ann. I, I grew up in a really eclectic musical household. My parents liked everything from Mozart to Martin Denny to you name it, big band. So that I would sit there at the old Magnavox and listening to the (laughs) hi-fi and all this music and when i was five i i i I fell in love with liberace um not literally (laughs) but uh, i would watch his tv show and i was enamored with piano and we had a piano and i started studying and i i came up as a classical pianist wow Uh, and i i really it was really strictly classical at that point and uh, i assumed i would be a pianist and uh and through that, uh, I was a reader from the very beginning. So uh, wow. when my career wow. got going, um, I was open to all of the TV and movies and jingles and all that because I could read. But when I got into junior high school, when I was 12, I assumed I'd be a piano player. But they had about 50 kids that played piano. <laughs> and they said, we need a string bass player. And
2: uh, upright. Up right?
3: Yeah, upright. They pulled wow. out an old, oh, an, yes. old, an old blonde K upright, and is, I put it against me, plucked one note, felt that vibration, said soul, and, uh, yeah, and was focused was bass at that
2: point. When I went to high school, I was the percussion leader, because I was the only one in the school that could read. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so I became the leader of the percussion thing, you know, and, uh, and I would yell at the guy playing the bass drum, and the guy playing the kettle drum, and all that. That's great and i i was a terror because when we did the uh marching band i was the leader of the marching band we do the football games and you know the marching band would, would be at the back of the uh, the uh the field and then the teacher would go like this you know like come on okay march down and i'll tell everybody don't go yet <laughs> <laughs> And we'd be playing the you know the, the cadences and, I, and and he'd go, come on. And I go, No, don't go yet. You know, I was just a ball buster. You know? oh, that's and and, and then finally, finally we I would say, Okay, now go. And you know, by then the teacher was going out of his mind. Hilarious.
3: Being a bass player, the marching band for me, there was nothing for me to do. So I was the drum major. Yeah, I knew how to do anyway, the
2: hold on a minute. I could see I could see Anne being the drum manager, but not you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know, and you, you talk about did. your cla- you, you both talk about your classical uh uh beginnings. Uh, um if, if there was an opera that you could have actually performed, unless you have, and I couldn't find that, but if there was an opera that you could, would it be traviata? Would it be I mean what would you do a puccini? Would you do an actual full opera? I'd probably do Puccini,
0: you know, just because it's the most accessible. <laughs> and uh, it's just got great melodies and songs, you know. And, and It's just more of the people, I think.
1: God, I would love to see you in a Puccini opera. My goodness. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Uh, you know, and I and I know, that you know, obviously being, you know, a rock legend, of course, and you've always had that, um, it seems like a, a very uh high propensity to zeppelin music and obviously one of my favorite performances is uh the Kennedy Center honors when you did it with Jason Bonham and that whole choir came out and you did stairway to heaven when they yeah. got seven the, the three guys actually three mm-hmm. four guys got the Kennedy yeah. Center yes. honors what you know and and it really blew me away because obviously you freaking killed it but you know i don't know that the first person To you know, if if I'm producing the show and that's why I'm not producing the show, if I'm producing the show and we want Stairway to Heaven sung, would the first person be a female artist such as yourself? How did that all happen? Because you killed it, it was amazing. Well, uh, well, yeah, well, well, thank you. Um,
0: I don't think that Zeppelin songs that much harp on gender, they Mm -hmm. seem to be um, pretty androgynous, you know. Uh, at least enough so that I could sing it and I didn't have to change any genders around which I hate to do you know right. uh mm-hmm. it's t- it's stupid you know but um yeah they they uh had their way with that song boy they cut a couple of verses out for TV and everything so it was mm-hmm. kind of customized mm-hmm. for the for that length of time they had and um so yeah i mean we had also done yeah, there's not a lot of
2: guys that people. could sing robert plant yeah.
1: You know, yeah, there's Not right. a
2: lot of guys that He's... could sing Robert Plant, and it, it was easier for a female to sing a, a female such as yourself. Totally, that yeah, can hit that range, you know. Because really, how many guys do you know that could sing like Robert Plant used to sing?
1: Yeah, not well, a lot. and frankly, I mean, if you think about you know, and you, uh, you know, if you think about Anne's not only range but strength, because just because yeah. a female yeah. is a good vocalist, uh, you know, a great vocalist doesn't mean Correct. she could have hit it either. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, in retrospect, what a phenomenal selection to have you guys yeah. do that. Right. I mean, I spoke to about that. He played up my place about a week or two weeks after that performance. And um, and he said that, that you uh, and he and, and, and the family have a very unique relationship as far as the Zeppelin family.
0: Right. Um, are you talking about Jason?
1: Yeah, Jason Bonham. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, we had been um, doing a bunch of stuff with with Jason. He actually came on stage with Hart for one whole tour, and wow. like we did our set, and then he would come up and we do like a little mini set of all Zeppelin stuff with him playing. And oh, so cool. we we're real current with it at that point. And I yeah, uh, yeah. when they like when they contacted us and said we'd like you to come.
2: Uh,
0: uh, into the zeppelin tribute at the kennedy center on hers i thought great they're going to ask us to sing rock and roll or black mm-hmm. dog or some rocker so when they said it was going to be stairway it gave me pause because that song is so holy it's just mm-hmm. you don't want to get up you know you just don't want to do anything wrong because it'd be worse than messing up the uh, national anthem or something. National anthem, right.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you, you so killed it. It was, oh, oh yeah, my gosh. It was awesome. You were just fabulous. But you're fabulous every time you open your mouth. I mean, you're right, really yeah. one of the great singers of
2: the. Great singers, yep. Yeah.
3: Wow, Absolutely. thank you.
0: That's a lot to live up to. I better shut up, you know.
3: <laughs> Actually, no, uh, we did something together, sort of um at the um library of congress a couple of years ago for we write, write the songs and uh you and Nancy came and and performed them and it was it was great hearing you know just acoustically you guys there it was I was in the house band so um,
1: yeah was,
2: that was course. a really good day of course you were <laughs> of in of house
1: band of course <laughs> you were it was number 1648 i think it was wasn't it
2: yeah
1: <laughs> right. um The, uh, you know, another thing, and some of this, uh, if you don't mind, I'm I'm taking some of my personal experiences. I've been such a fan, uh, of heart, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and as of late, because we've, we've gotten to do some things together, Van Wilson specifically, um, back in 2001. So just over 20 years ago, you did this thing in Grant Park. Chicago. well, you did this tour, but I saw it at Grant Park in Chicago. And it was, um, a walk down Abbey road, uh, with, uh, um, uh, a bunch of people that did uh, Alan Parsons. <laughs> it's just a whole Beatles thing. And um, and that was just another spectacular. And I got to say, there was a lot of, there was a few celebrities on that. Uh, I think Todd Rudman was on it, uh, but you, you, you so stole the show. I got to say, you stole the show there. And um, did you, my question yeah. is, did you have a selection of the songs that you sang during that uh, show? Or did they give you the songs?
0: They, they, um, ran a big long list of all the songs they they wanted in the show. And they said, you pick, you know, so I think I picked, uh, uh maybe I'm amazed and maybe oh, Hey Jude. I can't remember what else now,
1: but yeah, yeah that was I know fun. you sing a, a, with a couple people, you, you know, a couple duets or, or group numbers you sang as part of that as well. It was just, uh, huh? yeah. but you, you, Taylor you, you Taylor. stood out.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And I was the only woman in the cast too. So, that, yeah, well, that, but that's just par for the course in
1: my career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. um, and, and are you was still out... living
2: in Seattle? Are you still up there? No, I'm living in Florida now. I'm
0: living uh North Florida Where? by St. Augustine.
2: I live in Florida too. Really? Are you South Florida? Uh, uh, outside West Palm? Right, yeah. Well, are you, uh, are you a in, a in South Florida? Florida North no,
0: we're okay. by St.
2: August. Oh, I see. Yeah, by right. St. Augustine. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love it here. I got to say. How about you?
0: Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Like, it's a real culture shock coming from Seattle. But, um, I mean, I'm I'm talking about the people now. But I love the weather, <laughs> of course. <you> know? <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's wonderful.
2: I find uh, the people down here are more friendly than, uh, like, uh, my wife had a house in Connecticut for. Thirty years, and she only had one neighbor that she knew. <laughs> now here we know like so many people already. Yeah, you know? it's really awesome.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, they're they're quite warm and friendly
0: um, yeah. on the surface. Yeah, but if you're <laughs> yeah. if you're considered <laughs> on the if surface. you're considered a Yankee, you know, then then it takes you a while to be accepted, at least up here in North Florida. Really? Wow. which is wow. kind of like, like the no, redneck maybe Riviera. Down here,
2: it's more more. Um, there's a lot of people from here, down here from New York and uh, New Jersey yeah. and Connecticut. East Coast. Yeah, the East Coast. More okay. liberal. Yep. More, More liberal. That. There More you liberal. go. Oh,
1: Absolutely. Okay. You know, as we go back a little bit in history, and I, I just got to ask uh, Leland, uh, you know, back was, I think it was 273 or so, you, you, one of your sessions was with the doors. And, you know, I'm trying to imagine what a session would be like with those guys, especially with Jim? I mean, uh, was well, it, uh, was it all Jim, together? How did, how did it happen? Jim, Jim
3: was dead at that point. It was the first oh, album really? they did after, after Jim passed away. I think it was, uh-huh. called, I think it was called full moon. So it was Robbie, you know, Ray and, and, um, uh, Jim, Jim. Uh, but, <coughs> but, um, at that point jim morrison had passed away and this was the very first album they did with us but i you know i used to, i mean i grew up on the sunset strip and you know saw everybody playing there and i'd seen the doors so many times so it was kind of interesting to go from being an audience to suddenly being in the studio with the guys and you know yeah. and talking, hanging out um but it was really fun and uh whenever i see uh I was just on, before, we were talking about it earlier, just before the last thing before COVID hit was a thing called the Rock Legends Cruise and Krieger mm-hmm. was on it. And we were talking about, yeah. Yeah, you know, we, doing the album. We, just did, it,
2: we just did uh, seven gigs with Krieger in October. with yeah, 5, he's uh, there, and, uh, yeah, he's still out I, there, man.
3: He's still out there. I remember I was in, I was actually up in Michigan um, with Toto and uh we were checking into the hotel and we hear a banging on the window and we look over and abe junior's outside the window oh, and so awesome. he, he came in and we he said what are you guys doing we said we're playing down the street tomorrow night and he goes well i'm with paul tonight so you want to come to the show so we went early and hung out in the dressing room and paul was sitting there going look i'm like 72 at that point and he goes what else am i going to do You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it, point. You're, like you're going to retire from this but you know this would be your avocation if it wasn't your vocation because Mm -hmm. it's the greatest joy in life is to play music with people and and uh when i see robbie and those guys out there you know it's you know it's it's they have a legacy and as long as they're ambulatory and can still do it uh, what the hell get
2: out there and do it we got we got three out of four vanilla fudge guys still yeah yeah
1: that's amazing
2: nobody has that you know and we were going to play with robbie at ron's place next month that has
1: been yeah. used. we're going to move it yeah but you know anyway, I,
2: uh, I, what about what about that story we talked about before when you saw vanilla fudge with Hendrix at the hollywood bowl oh yeah well uh, i had tell it, us it was, so that's funny yeah it
3: was <laughs> it was crazy i had signed up one summer to be an usher at the hollywood bowl and they didn't need me at that point so you know fine i was in high school and um then the Beatles were gonna play at the Hollywood Bowl. And I was a Beatles freak, so I wrote for tickets and they said, sorry, we're sold out, can't you? I was bummed and depressed about it. Hmm. But I get a a notice in the mail going, from the Hollywood Bowl going, we have a special event coming up and we need extra ushers, are you available? And I ended (laughs) up getting paid five bucks to be an usher at the Hollywood Bowl (laughs) for the Beatles. Um, But I stayed on for the whole summer, so I got to see the Ravi Shankar India Festival, And uh, Beach Boys and the Mamas and Papas and Loving Spoonful and all, but I saw Jimi Hendrix and you guys were on the bill with Jimi Hendrix and I was such a huge Vanilla Fudge fan, Um, and it it just took my breath away. You guys were so good live, man. It was just still are
1: still are yeah
2: still are yeah. You know,
1: Mark's hitting the the notes mean it's incredible.
2: What I remember the most of that gig. Was as you mentioned before, there used to be a pool in front of the uh, yeah. stage, and people That's started weird. jumping in the pool to come closer <laughs> to the stage. And they had electric <laughs> lights in the pool, and mm-hmm. everybody was afraid they were going to get electrocuted. Yeah, it was you know? insane. It was it was crazy. You know? Yeah, the crazy. And, and if, you, if you go there now, the pool's covered up.
3: Oh, uh, the the vibe of it back then, because I didn't have any of the the structure inside the bowl or over. So it was just a bowl. It didn't have all the sound and, you know, and all the acoustical things, which make it sound better. But uh, my greatest memory of the Hollywood bowl was my parents used to take me every summer to Gersh one night at the bowl. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting there. I was probably about 12 years old and they were right in the middle of concerto and F and all of a sudden the orchestra stopped and they all walked to the front of the stage and we all looked up and Sputnik flew over. Whoa, and nobody, wow. looked, nobody had ever... That <laughs> was the first thing in wow. space. And it was this tiny silver dot that just went over the horizon. And wow. it was, as soon as it disappeared, the orchestra sat down and continued playing at that
2: point. <laughs> oh, pretty, nice. pretty wow. That's crazy, that,
1: <laughs> yeah, That's crazy, man. I tell you what, some of the things that happens in, you know, behind the scenes that you don't ever hear. Um, you know, and uh, in 2018 at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, ceremonies, you did it, such a a wonderful tribute to Chris Cornell with Jerry Cantrell, and um, yeah, awesome. again, just just heartbreaking, heartwarming. And um, was that something that you kind of, uh, you know, uh, were you asked to be a part of that? Or was it something you really, you know, asked to be a part of that? I mean, did you have a special relationship with Chris or Soundgarden?
0: Yeah, Chris was a friend, and um, and he was also Jerry's friend, and so. That was something that, that Jerry and I sort of pushed on them. <laughs> mm. You know. Thank God. Uh, they were going to do, yeah, they were going to do like this typical tribute, you know, to our beloved um, departed Chris that was just a bunch of pictures and stuff like that. And we thought, nah, it needs something more to make it special. So we yeah. uh, we did that. Great. And we did it awesome. acoustic, which was really yeah. cool. Awesome. I've never, Chris yeah, was awesome.
2: A he great, was great singer. And that whole scene in yeah. Seattle in that and that time was after you guys were famous right many years after that and then all of a sudden Seattle became like the thing that mm-hmm. destroyed all of the rest of the industry like we the were all dinosaurs. the grunge we all became uh, yeah. dinosaurs at the that point when when that grunge stuff came out you know we had you know we were unbookable at gigs because we weren't Right. By Seattle, and yeah. we were in grunge. Yeah. It was and a Nirvana was, thing. That's, that's yeah. It's, it's amazing that time period, you know?
0: Yeah. It was really interesting, too, being being there then, because
2: uh,
0: it had always been so unhip to be from Seattle, just completely <laughs> unhip, until the 90s when you had like record company guys and attorneys from, from LA and New York showing up at SeaTac and changing into their plaid shirts so they
1: could
0: could meet with these guys and, and, and try and sign them, you know, and the, the grunge guys were so like, they were just punks, you know, who were saying, fuck you to everything. And so all of a sudden they became a part of the machine and it really messed with a lot of their, their brains. So I felt like my, one of my roles in that time was to give them a safe place. And I, my house was kind of central, so they would all show up at my house, and I'd take all the furniture out so they could just sit on the carpet and smoke and drink
2: and by the fireplace. Oh, and yeah how cool is it that? It feels safe. That is great. And, That's great. And, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, did you know, like, the Nirvana guys before they made it?
0: No, no, because they weren't really from Seattle. They were from Hello? other places.
1: Yeah, most oh, were from California, in actually.
0: Kurt was. Oh, wow. um, mm-hmm. They ended up there, but Kurt was from Oquium, um, from Aberdeen. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, who was? What fans were actually from Seattle that would sit on your, on your, carpet? Soundgarden, so most, yeah, Soundgarden, the I, Pearl Jam guys. I love Soundgarden. I love them. Yeah, when I yeah. did my Katarsus record, I I based the sound of it to be Soundgarden meets Blue Murder meets the Beatles. And we wow. we had this special oh, tuning. Big meeting. We had this we we had this special tuning that uh, my singer guitar player uh, writer he tuned the guitar really strange like Soundgarden to get that really different kind of sound and and if you listen to it today it still sounds pretty cool yeah and you know yeah. I remember when we were doing that record it was always listening to Soundgarden that inspired us all the time signatures and all the crazy stuff and. I loved it. I loved yeah. it man, man. Well,
3: yeah. most, most videos. Yeah. Too. yeah, most videos really suck. But I'll tell you, Black Hole Sun video is still one of yeah. the. Yeah. yeah right? This all stretched and the and the yeah. and the great pain in it and all that stuff. And and it
2: came just in time after the eighties when everything was getting wimped out and all these yeah. bands that weren't yeah. very good were making it big and you know and and it was <laughs> like really really terrible and because I mean.
1: and, and because of that video yep. that's why you doing a black hole so acoustically was so was even that much more cool because it was such a such a flip from the actual video heavy yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah well, I, I, good, go ahead a good song is
0: a good song you know like yeah. if, yeah, if that's uh, right. because it was so well written and everything it could go anywhere
1: yeah, yeah. Correct. Well, you talk about good songs like that. I, you know, I love your Immortal album and, um, and and watching you do You Don't Own Me Live was like was powerful, was really powerful. Uh, I, really, I mean, it really was because I'm thinking about, you know, what you've come to represent uh, as far as um, strength, whether it's strength as a musician, strength as a female, strength as a professional. I mean, it really uh, I think did you select that song or frankly, any of those songs on Immortal, for from a messaging standpoint, uh, uh, it just was. It just, I it just was. I saw it so inspirational that song as you sang it. Thank
0: you. I I selected all the songs on that record from a messaging point of view. <laughs> every single sure. one, like even the the um, the love songs, are not just your typical love songs. They're they're very
1: pointed. You know, I guess you could say the- Hey, guys, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Hanging a Banging right here on Artists on Lockdown. I mean, you talk about some of the deep things you've done. I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball because, um, uh, you know, you don't hear a lot about this person, but uh, you did do something back in, I don't know, it was 95 or something. Edith Piaf, you did you did a song, uh, Jezebel, was it? Yeah, yeah, that's right, and, and, Jezebel. And, and and that is like talk about a curveball, but from a classical—I mean, a French classical—standpoint, a lot of people don't, you know, know of her as as the legend that she was. I happen to be a fan, but um, what made you select that one? Oh, just the vibe
0: of it, you know. It's it's almost like a like a gypsy opera song, and uh, it's, like- it's just it's just got a lot of fire to it, and I, you know, I, as a singer, I just love. Lyrics, and I love the stories of songs. And that song is just—it may as well have been sung by Carmen Miranda or something. Uh, I just right, had a really, right. really nice um, old school. A lot of people
2: don't even head. know who Carmen Miranda Carmen is,
3: you know?
2: No. <laughs> well, we do. We, <laughs> we do. do. Yeah, right. I we know we do. We do. <laughs> well,
3: the, the thing too is, if 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 the lyric touches you, I mean, the, the way to sell a song is to believe the song and, and, and yeah. have it. Touch you. It's one thing just to be handed a song, and if you don't really care about it, there's not going to be a performance. I mean, you can make it great because you're a, a, a good, a great artist. But to have something that touches your your heart and your soul, yeah. then when you perform it, then it's right. a whole other level because you're yeah, living so, in I, it.
2: I just text I just emailed Rod Stewart yesterday because he had a new song called uh, it was About I Want to Be with You When I Wake Up." You know, it was and. It, He Mm -hmm. talks about you know his youth is gone and he you know all and everything he's he's done his whole life for everyone on stage and in the song, and the lyrics were so good, and he's singing it, you know, with that feeling that he always gets. And I know after working with him, you know, when he writes his songs, he really he lives them. There's something in him that's real,
1: you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's real. You
2: can feel it. I mean, you know, it's just a simple. You know, pop kind of song to play and everything with these girls dancing and, everything. but I was looking at the lyrics. And I tell him, I said, you know, the lyrics are so you. They're so real, and I could tell when you're singing right. it that you really believe it. And yeah. and you know, and I, I felt the same way. You know, like, my my whole life I've been you know, since I'm 20 years old I've been famous. You know, and like, on stage and in songs and playing all through my career. And, and when I heard him sing that, I said, wow, you know, i related to it and it was awesome. So yeah, the lyrics being, are so important, you know?
0: Yeah. And being there in the song, that's that's what makes it so hard, especially if you're on yeah. tour. Yeah. Now, I know you know what I'm talking about because it's night after night after night, you know. Yeah. But But I have this bar that I set really high where, I just want to have it be authentic and real every single time and be there or else I'm I'm a fraud. So yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to
1: live up to that sometimes. It is. Wait, well, you talk yeah, about being great. uh t- oh, do we lose Leland? What's the last Leland for a second? I know. Right. We were. Yeah, right. go? we'll get we'll get back. He said screw this. I'm done with these people. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 he went to get his lips. You know? Yes, yes. Did you see
2: did you see his lips and you, you I did really. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I <laughs> you recently got all uh, oh, um, before the show started. He "You got to open I up." Know, like I that. That. Yeah, I thought.
1: And um, I recently, recently saw. That. I thought, wow, those are real for a second. I know it, they kind of look. They're weird, but they do kind of look real. He's got yeah. yeah. Weird. Uh, Billy white Gibbons hair. after you can't see a his lips, look. with
2: the mustache and everything, and the beard. You can't see the in his
1: mouth at all. Yeah. You know, <laughs>
2: right? You one big blob of hair and a little face in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I recently
1: right. saw a, a collaboration, if you want to call it that, of uh, Dreams with Allison Krauss, which, uh, you know, she hit it out of the park with that as well. And have a voice like that and have a voice like yours on the same stage. Um, how did that come to be and how was that song specifically selected or did Allison come in and ask to sing that song or how did that all come to be?
0: Well, we invited her to come and sing on it because we had been... Um, let's there see sorry hit, about that. Uh, that was during the t- time when raising sand was was just out and so mm-hmm. big her album with plant and uh and mm-hmm. um Nancy and I covered uh, one of the songs on there called your long journey and um, <clears throat> she heard it and she went wow that's great you know we got to be friends we went and had lunch we hung out um, and then we thought for that show we were doing, how cool would it be to sing Your Long Journey with Allison, with mm-hmm. with Nancy playing um, Mandolin. And, mandolin, uh, yeah. Was, yeah, and wow. we really hit it off with her. I mean, she's good people. She's just so real and down to earth and, and smart, you know, and just, and when she sings though, um, it's so delicate, it's so, just fragile and delicate and perfect that it was really hard for her to accustom herself to being on stage with a rock band using in-ears and all that and the noise of the drums and all that kind of stuff when she was up there doing these dreams. It was very hard for her because she
1: sings like such a delicate angel. Yeah, But but boy, I tell you, it it worked. I mean, it minute, worked.
2: Did I hear you say the noise of drums?
4: Yeah, it's noise. That's oh, noise.
1: Uh oh. Uh
2: oh. Yeah, I heard that.
4: Yep. Her, 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 her
3: brother's one of my favorite bass players too. Victor's just a monster. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: He's
3: he's an incredible musician.
4: Yeah, well, she, Leland,
0: you know, we, she she. Oh, turns, go ahead, Ann, I'm sorry. She turns out to be like like a gal you could have a beer with, you know. Yeah. A
1: beer. She seems that way. She yeah, seems he that way. I would have loved to have been at that, the next table over with the, you guys at lunch. That must have been so cold. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she brought
0: one of her friends with her from the Cox family. Um, uh, big, like, you know, Americana royalty in that town. And it was it was very interesting. It was like uh, rock and Americana and country
1: and all at the same table. Music music yeah. history of music mm-hmm. yeah you know, we touched on songs that were that were touching you uh, guys and how you, how you got to really understand uh, or, or feel the music um Leland I gotta throw it at you because I don't <clears throat> even know if there's a, a possible answer to this question but you again we as we said at the top of the show 2500 you played on 2500 plus songs 2,000 albums, but it, like wow. if there was one song that touched you as you're playing in this session, like, wow, this is really, really deep. Can you think of one that would, was something that really touched you? Uh,
3: I'll tell you one of the, one of the most uh, incredible songs uh, to me uh, was when we did James Taylor's mill worker, um, how he got into the headspace of a woman working in a, in a place making shoes and, um, in it oh. and and his his writing for me was always, you know, pretty astounding. I mean, I spent 20 years with him, and uh, it, was, uh, it, was it was so many of those songs. You just kind of sit there and you just go, "How can you be such a putz and have this incredible depth of <laughs> these greats?" Um, yeah. oh, but that was great. But I mean, for me, the, the, the real gift that I've been given was being able to work in every genre. So there's been, you know, things everywhere. Because if I look back at songs that really meant something to me, still one of my favorite albums I ever worked on was Spectrum with Billy Cobham. Oh,
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Awesome. That's the album that I sat with Jeff Beck when we were riding around. Yeah. At the BBA days, I would play Spectrum and Ma Vishnu Orchestra, which got Jeff in the headspace of Blow by Blow. Yeah. Originally, I was on Blow by Blow with him. Uh, but we couldn't work it out, you know. And you know, yeah. I just love that. Yeah, okay you know, I, I knew Billy from when he played with Dreams. Yeah, I knew and, him. From those uh, days. We yeah. we 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 played with him with Vanilla Fudge, and that's when I met him. Yeah. And when he came out with that with the Ma Vishnu, I was just like blown oh, away. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. The nine eight thing uh, in the mounting flame uh, was it in? Inter- uh, yeah, inner mounting flame. Yeah, yeah. in the mounting flame, the nine eight track just yeah. Oh no, the stuff
3: was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. He's
2: amazing. And what a beautiful man.
3: Yeah. But every, oh, time, yeah. every time I see Jeff, he runs up to me and goes, Stratus, Stratus. Stratus <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. About yeah. It. But you know, because I knew Tommy Bolin. I was in a band in the late 60s called Wolfgang out here in LA. And it was when Tommy was in Zephyr and we were managed by the same criminal. I,
2: I know Tommy so from Cactus in Zephyr. Yeah, so
3: we would be out together and stuff. and yeah. So it was, it was a treatment. when I And we did that whole album in two days. It's one take of each song. Yeah.
2: You know, what's really funny, too, is that Stratus was like... A, and people would say that that was the first fast double bass drum groove. But it wasn't. Mm. Parchment Farm was. It's just cactus nineteen seventy. Wow. And yeah, you know, I've mm. seen like on different interviews people talking ago. about it saying Stratus was the first double bass drum. No. And somebody else said, No, no, it wasn't. It was it was Farm.
3: But I think Louis Belson was the first guy to do oh. double kick drums. Oh, without yeah. a doubt.
2: Without yeah, a, but he didn't do he didn't do a rock uh, Yeah, not a rock. You know, and that's where Alex Van Halen told me they, it was the template for their Hot for Teacher. Yeah. Because you know, they were big Cactus fans. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I put Vanilla Fudge together, I was talking to Eddie on the phone. He goes, Hey, screw Vanilla Fudge, put Cactus back together. Yeah. <laughs> and we hey, did. before, I know Anne's got a couple, couple of minutes was, left with was us, guys. The singer
1: was dead at the time, so we couldn't. the oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, I did want to cover one other thing. I know Ann's got a couple minutes left with us, um, but uh, you know we were talking about Alison Krauss a little bit earlier and just how that worked. And 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 it's interesting that you brought up the delicacy of her voice, but how it had to, um, uh, you know, uh, conform to that situation. That's probably not as, uh, of course, she did sing with Robert Plant. But the point here is that uh, uh, is there somebody in history, maybe Edith, but someone in history that you would also have, would have loved to have on stage with you to do that kind of a thing? Wow. Well, um, Tough one. I know.
0: <laughs> well, Tony, I mean, um, Judy Garland. Oh. I mean, to me, she Whoa. was just
1: it. Uh, she, so what she would that song be? What would that song that you would I say, mean, Judy, can really we sing?
0: Judy, Judy. um, <laughs> God, it, could be anything. It, it could be over the rainbow, you know, just.
1: Oh, it wouldn't have to that. be rock. Wooly yeah. bully. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Wooly That'd bully. Be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, something, a, a question <laughs> I, I haven't asked in a while, guys, if you remember, but I want to ask this of Ann and Leland because you, you both I'm have, have done it. so much and been been with so many people and so many, you know uh, if if you had to you know God forbid wherever you were, the uh, your, your, your it was on fire, whatever it was, the house, and you had to grab some piece of memorabilia or something that was given to you by somebody. what would be can you can you tell me what that piece of memorabilia or that gift would be that you'd grab on the way out?
0: Well, I had a friend who did um who did backstage catering. During the late seventies and eighties, and she catered the Wings show, the Paul McCartney and Wings show in Seattle, and she <clears throat> she knew I was a McCartney fan then. And after they had played and left, she went in the dressing room and and got his bottle of his half drunk bottle of scotch and gave it to me. It was Johnny Walker Black, and uh, I, still, I still have it. I think I would grab that.
2: <laughs> wow! Wow! That's, That's
3: cool. great. That's really. How about you for yeah, an emergency? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, break an emergency. Um, first, you grab the wife and the dogs and get them out, and then I would probably Fair. grab. I would probably grab my old Frankenstein base.
2: You know, I knew I knew you were going to grab a base.
3: Yeah, of course. <laughs> and also because that base has so much meaning to me because it's got. Everybody from Jeff Picaro to John Entwistle to BB King on it. I mean, I've got it's got hundreds of signatures on it. So it's oh, wow! Oh,
1: really, wow! An emotional, it's an oh, emotional wow. base. So I, probably- and are you going to be uh, supporting Fierce Bliss uh, live?
0: Yes, in fact, we've already started. Um, we played at Mardi Gras uh last week, and um, yeah, we're going out to the west coast and into Mexico and stuff in April to start. Right. Canada. You know, there,
2: there's a Christian artist named Ann Wilson. Did you know that? I did not know that, but yeah, her yeah, name I, has, I, has an "e." Yeah, yeah, but it, but when they announce it, like on a Christian radio station, they say
4: Ann,
2: Ann Wilson, and I, and I went, "Wow, Ann Wilson!" I wonder if it's the Ann Wilson. Not me. And there's that's also Ann you. Wilson, the golf. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> there's only one yeah, that counts, frankly. Yeah, this is I know. The one one Ann Wilson. Yeah, there you go. Hey, well, you know
1: what, Ron?
2: You, know, you never, you never asked me and Vinny that question. What would we run out
1: with? Well, all right. Well, what, what would you run well, out let's, with?
2: Let's forget it for another one because <laughs> why bring it, it up? You
1: freaking listen, Ann. We want. We know you got to run. Thank you so much for joining us. It was an honor yeah. to have you here. And uh, God bless you, you and, and uh, your family see you on, on the, the road. road. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. great. I'm, uh, Thank you for having Can't me wait to here. have you back a, here. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Thanks. Good to hang,
2: good you, to hang with you. Good to hang with you. See you have soon. A great tour. Yeah, good to see you. Ciao. Okay. We'll bye. see you again. Right. Okay.
1: Thank you all. Bye. Thank you, man. How cool is that, boy. I tell you uh, what. Cool. Now we get back <laughs> to the real lips here. <laughs> <laughs> we still need red lips. Yes. Yeah, she
2: saw you. She saw you with the lips. When you yeah. when you when you went off, asked her if she saw you with the lips. She yeah, said she threatened <laughs> to leave.
1: She said, "What yeah. is this Halloween?" Uh, uh, and I got to you know somebody uh, asked me to ask you when they they saw that I, uh, one of my employees. They said, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, Leland, but the beard thing. What What's beard? the evolution of the beard thing? Is this <laughs> something you just haven't shaven since you're 14 ever? Or how does this work? Well,
3: almost. Actually, it was born. They grabbed it and pulled And I was stuck to it when they pulled me out. All <laughs> <laughs> right, I believe it. I believe back, it. Back when I was in, in high school, back in the uh, mid-60s, it was one of those things, uh, at least out here in L.A., it was incredibly repressive. I mean, they had grooming guards. You know, they, In public schools, you had to follow certain rules and all that. And it was kind of one of those things I was lucky having coming from. I mean, this is what breaks my heart. My father's side of the family's from Odessa. So I feel this connection to Ukraine and what the hell's going on there. And my mother's side was from Poland. So I've got that kind of DNA in me. So when I started sort of shaving when I was about 12. mildly. Wow. But the thing that was great was every summer at that point, I would grow a like an iron jaw or something like that. So I could go play adult clubs in the summer. And not mm-hmm. get carded, or you know. So I was playing, you know, jazz clubs like the 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 Lighthouse out here, and, uh, and all kinds of stuff. Um, but when I got my high school diploma, I just said, "Fuck this shit," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and kind of let it let it go. And it's just, you know, it's just. Wow.
2: Uh, it, it's so how crazy. many years has it been since you actually? Well, since I,
3: uh, the last time I saw my upper lip, I was 17.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, so, are you sure you still have one?
3: I have Not no, sure. It's well, got cares? spares, it's got, spare yeah, does he <laughs> he in
2: got way, spares. Does it get in the way of eating?
3: Is oh, yeah, it get in the
2: way of eating, oh, and I, like you know, I've you got it done.
3: I got it I got it down to a science, you know. Because it's I know. like a
2: napkin, too, yeah, yeah, on uh-huh. your yeah, chest. <laughs> I'll
3: tell you, one of the funniest things was I, I was involved with an organization called Canine Companions for Independence that mm-hmm. raises and, and places service dogs. And so when we would have our big annual fundraiser, I was contacting everybody I knew to make donations. So I was getting like Cheryl Crow sent a guitar, Willie Nelson sent a guitar. I got Billy Gibbons <laughs> to send a guitar, um, All all kinds of stuff. Well, I I wanted a picture from each one of them signed that I could put with the instrument while the, for the auction. And Billy was uh, on the road in Europe at the time and he had gotten a guitar to me, but he couldn't get a picture to me. So I just went online and I, and I pulled up Billy Gibbons and there was, you know, all kinds of photos. So I just downloaded one and and printed it. Well, when I was looking at his stuff there, I saw, when I was, had Googled up, there was a, um an article about Dusty Hill. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, I wanna see what, see what Dusty's up to. So I pull this article up and I'm reading this whole article about him and all that. And as I scroll down, there's a picture on it and it was me. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did a screenshot and sent it to Billy and there wasn't, there wasn't a big enough for the laugh he
1: sent back to me. <laughs> but it was just so
3: weird. You know, to- did, did
1: people ever come up to you thinking you're Billy? Oh yeah,
3: I would. I, get, you get know, ZZ Topper, Oak
2: Ridge Boys. Oakridge you know, Boys. Oh my God,
3: you know, all that, all of that stuff. But you know, it's it's just sort of became a uh, just a signature at that
2: point. That, yeah, that
1: picture. Can you imagine how many how many people go up to Billy and say, Leland.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That yeah, picture we have up of you. It's pretty wild with the beard flying. That's a
1: great oh, wow. shot.
3: That was on a, on a when I was out with Toto on the I think the first time I was out with Toto because I All think
1: right. it's Simon's kit behind me. On oh right, right, right. That's a good way yeah. to show. You know, you, yeah. obviously you're out with Toto as you mentioned. Uh, how much time did you spend with the Bee Gees?
3: Um, you know, that is the biggest mistake that that's on the internet. Is I never find nothing. No, I never, you know, I never <laughs> ever worked with the Bee Gees. Oh yet. come on, there you it's go. Not, okay, it's uh-huh. my, but it's on Wikipedia, and I've yeah. and I've gone. I keep trying to like get this stuff removed that's wrong because there's enough right that I'd like to work oh, with yeah. not dealing yeah. with the wrong stuff. Yeah. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so I mean, people always say, so what did you do with the Bee Gees? And I go, nothing. <laughs> nothing.
1: <laughs> uh, nothing. How weird. Well, let's talk about somebody you did do something with. Yeah. I saw a performance uh, that you were as much a part of the performance as, as the other two uh, with Carole King and James Taylor on stage together. Yeah. Um what a what a great night. Was it just a one-time?
3: No, we were that was one of the biggest tours. <coughs> well, there's two there's two elements of that. Mm-hmm. That whole Troubadour reunion tour started at the Troubadour Club in Hollywood. Wow. Um they were celebrating their um, I think it was the 50th anniversary of the troubadour. And mm-hmm. one of the things was the very first gigs we ever did with James Taylor was at the Troubadour and the band was Danny Korchmar, Russ Kunkel, myself, and Carol King was our piano player. Wow. And,
1: um, and she was just a piano player at the time. It was
3: just the piano player wow. in the band at that point. And um, James would got to the point where we were out, we were out for like a month on the road, but it started at the Troubadour. And we were finally saying, You know, you've had an amazing career that nobody knows about. They know of Goffin and King if they're looking at the locomotion and all these incredible songs. But they don't know that that's you sitting on stage that did this. So we got her to um, start doing some of her songs uh, in the show. And uh, out of that, she ended up getting a record deal with Ode Records with Lou Adler and goes in the studio and cuts Tapestry. So, you know, wow. now you got you got a side person in the band who's got the biggest record in the world right now. So, <laughs> really so but what happened was to celebrate that 50th anniversary, they decided to put the original band back together with James Carroll, me, Cooch and, and Russ. And we wow. did a week at the Troubadour. It was so successful that we decided uh, that was in 2007. In 2010, uh, we went on the road and that was the thing that was on CNN uh, hey, that was just been airing. And that was uh, huge. We played all over the States with that. We played Japan, Australia, New Zealand. Then we were supposed to play Europe. Uh, we got a great European offer, but Carol was working on a book and stuff and decided not to do it. So that ended it, but it was a real interesting um, tour to do. Cause we were out for months on that. But how, you're kind of going, okay, we started this whole thing at the Troubadour, which is an intimate little club of, I yeah. don't know, 600 people or whatever. Not,
2: not even, probably. No,
3: not yeah, much. probably not that much. And um, all of a sudden, we were going to be going out on the road playing like Madison Square Garden and you know all, <laughs> all those venues, and we were going, how do you keep that intimacy of a club when you're playing in an arena? And what we Mm -hmm. ended up doing was building, doing it in the round with a round stage that turned in the center of the arena. And we built a nightclub around that Mm -hmm. stage.
1: It Uh, looked so cool.
3: Oh, it was great. But it was one of the most cathartic tours I've ever been on. When you'd be up there playing and you'd look down and you'd see like three generations of a family all kumbaya, you know, they're like, (laughs) singing. You got a friend. Um, Yeah. I mean, it was. It was so deep. I mean, we would look at each other sometimes, but like sometimes Cooch and I would look at each other, Danny Korchmar, and we'd look at it, and go, God, they're all so old. And we'd look at each other, and go, so are we, you know. You know, it's a, a half a century later, you know, that we were doing the exact same band and every and and there's that old adage that you can't go home, but we actually got to go home and it was great. I mean, we had 60 that yeah. on that tour. Hey, speaking
2: of book, then I read uh, that you had uh, a book with people giving you the finger.
1: Well, the <laughs> Everybody Loves Me title is interesting. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Everybody Loves Me. Hold on. And, uh, hey, we get to see the mirror.
1: <laughs> I actually have it. It's sitting for me. Everybody loves That's me, funny. okay. That's so funny. we're expecting a certain kind of a book. What actually kind so of a book so is, is it?
2: Stories and mirrors It's just all pictures.
3: It's all. oh hold on one sec here. I'll... Get a good one. <laughs> oh, here's here's a here's a good one. Well,
1: oh, right on. Oh, right on. <laughs> Charlie, oh, that's awesome. Charlie, you know,
3: uh, I mean, it's it's a massive book. It's it's six thousand.
1: That's so hard to wow, six thousand what six thousand pictures, pages? Picture. photos, not pages. It'd be the oh Bible. my god! Dude, that's unbelievable.
2: That is really unbelievable. So you How literally traveled the country, huh? How long did it take you to do all that?
3: Um, I've been taking the pictures. of uh, their Cheryl Crow? <laughs> and there, there's, there's Bert Backerack and oh, Hell wow. David. Oh my God! And there's, there's Julian Lennon. John, uh, Lennon, uh, yeah. Oh. It's, I start. It, it started as an accident um, when we were out with Phil Collins in 2004 doing the first final mm-hmm. farewell mm-hmm. tour. There was talk that Phil was going to retire at the end of the tour, and I thought, Jesus, you know, I mean, I, I've been on the road with all this, so many of these crew guys and stuff for so many years, but if we're not touring, they live all over the world. So we don't and get to see each yeah, other. So I thought, fair, yeah. I'm going to take just pictures of everybody and, and make a little folder just for my memory book, so that I can, as, as long as I have a memory, I can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I had a bass tech named Steve Winstead. His nickname was Chenner. And um, when he came on the tour, I I never had techs for the most part. I always did all my own gear and stuff on the road. Wow. And, wow. and I think he came in like having just come off the road with like a bass player who had 10 basses and wanted new strings every night and all this shit. So he's going, What do you need? What do you need? And I'm going, Nothing. I don't know. Just, I guess, <laughs> have the amp on stage, make sure it goes on, I guess.
2: Sounds well, like it. 10.
3: <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah. um, so we had kind of a running joke and we were out for like a year uh, together. So we had this kind of running joke like he became like the go to guy for like the singers and helping drums, percussion, everything he was helping. Well, the first guy I walk up to to get a picture is him working at his laptop and I go, hey, Chinner, give me a smile. And he's typing away and he just goes. (laughs) And I looked at the picture and I went, "Ah, this is really pretty good. So I went, I got got Phil and Tony Smith as manager. I got everybody in the band, the crew, bus drivers, truck drivers, caterers, ended up with about 150 pictures and and put it it away. Um, And then a couple of years later, when I went out with Toto for the first time, I decided to get some more pictures. After that, it took on a life of its own. <laughs> I, heard about it. I would go to like the NAM show and everybody's running up to me, giving me the finger. <laughs> uh, and, and so at, at this point, I i, I yeah. mean, I've got about 6,000 pictures in the book, but we we hone that down. I have about 13,000. Wow. Wow. Um, and it's everybody from uh, Lawrence Fishburne to John Goodman to... Jeff Beck's in there, uh, Rhonda Smith, all the all the people oh. from that camp. Um, but it's also the, I, I, I did not make this about like here's the celebrity section. Now here's this mm-hmm. um, here's a caterer. There will be a the big there will be a big picture of somebody I met at an airport, and then Jay Leno's picture is small. Mm-hmm.
1: You wow. know,
3: it's humanity. Huh. And but
1: did you ever think uh, of those thirteen thousand pictures? How many? actually meant it <laughs> i'm hoping all of them
3: did <laughs> I mean, why bother if you can't be serious about it oh, yeah, it's right. real funny you'd go up to somebody and go come on flip me off and they go what do you mean i go come on man flip me off and they go come You're on an asshole. Asshole. but but you get the whole you get the whole gamut of people that are digging in deep to people that are like hiding behind their hands and you know, it's, it's, but it's a real study in um, humanity. My, oh, I'll show, I'll show you. Let me try to find this. This is a great shot. I had done these three guys individually um, over the years, but I managed to get them all together, which was really a.
2: How do you find
1: it in the book of? Um,
3: and there's no page number so i'm just scrolling wow. through no so number. you don't have like an
1: index if you're looking for phil collins Is on the no, 87? table of contents oh my god oh, that's great first well, cool.
3: uh, first off here's find there's my my par- god damn it here's my parents wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but i did uh, we did the grammys uh, a few years back and did it did it with um uh, uh it, it, well, I'll just show you. It's Merle Haggard, Christopherson, and Willie Nelson.
1: God, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at this. Awesome.
3: Yeah, you know, there's Chris. I have, oh each, I have each of them individually from what I've awesome. but, but we did the show with them as the highwaymen and uh, oh, so sure. I grabbed them all together. But it's, it's one of these books that as people um, get it and they're just going, I can't put it down. It's so much fun just to. Keep and trying to discover. I mean, finding people like Art Garfunkel in there who doesn't really look arty in it. So you're, yeah, kind of, right, right. Art, Art Garfunkel. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a real fun, fun thing. Um, That's
2: great. That's you know, Leland. I got to ask
3: you, with all the people who
2: again. It, who, wait, wait, wait. Who ahead? put it together?
3: Um, I did it. I mean, this is self-published. It's it's basically me. I have a friend who I met who lives out in this area, um, named uh, Richard Tremarchi. His nick- nickname's Blue, and he has a company um, called um, Artworks. And he and I ended up working on this thing, just going through pictures, and then he assembles wow. books. You know, like you open a normal book, and like the op- the, the behind the front page and the first cover, everything's white in them. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. took. It's all pictures. As soon as you open (laughs) the
2: Fabulous. That is awesome.
3: And the thing that's fun is when you come to the very first first page.
2: Ah. (laughs) Oh how cool.
1: Look at that one. (laughs) Are you are you actually in there? Do you like this final picture you given the finger? Uh, Well, I'm in a couple of shots, but I'll tell you here's <clears throat> to me,
3: this was one of the most important pictures in the book for me. Okay. Um, this was my junior high school music teacher who turned me on to
2: paint. <laughs> uh, well, you stole his mustache.
3: Yeah. yeah. I I, I re- reconnected with him shortly before he passed away. And uh, wow. I, I grabbed him at that and said, yeah, come on. Awesome. And, uh, it's it's one of these things that you go through there and you, you find there's themes in it like all people with cameras in it so and and like i've got one page that's got um lou adler on one side and jack nicholson on the other and (laughs) those two guys sit together at the lakers game so the two pages are the lakers colors with those guys so we've got a little tiny inside
2: yeah good stuff good stuff but i've
3: I've done it all I, i ship them all myself i do
1: all the orders myself it's well, been. I'm ordering as soon as we get off this, I'm ordering because that's well, got to be something. Yeah. I'm going
2: to email you and get your phone number. So, uh, well, it, we it, let me just shoot,
1: shoot. I'll shoot
3: it out at you right now here. Um, it, it, I had to create a website for it, and I was just going to get like lelandsclar.com or Lee, everything's been bought. you know. So, yeah. like, rather than pay somebody for my name, uh, you go to lelandsclar's Beard. Dot com
4: <laughs> and I also oh, I,
3: and I've also got T-shirts with my beard on the front of them. I saw and that it's really funny. I got, real really awesome. I would, I got those really funny pictures of them with their T-shirts on, and I've got my artwork in there because I was a graphic artist. Yes, oh, good all, you, all kinds of shit. You know, I turned into a, a, a kind of a cottage industry, unbeknownst to myself. And uh, I love your uh,
1: I, I love your payday rendition.
3: Oh, thanks, man. That's that that was one of the more popular drawings. I'll show you a great drawing here. This is one of my
2: favorites.
1: <laughs> you drew a picture of a payday bar. Really interesting with the oh, rapper. A p- a picture of a what? Payday, payday. You know the candy bar?
2: Oh, payday. Oh my God.
1: Here's
3: here's one of the pictures that's that this is a pencil drawing. Oh, that's cool. The
1: jazz guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, man. Holy beautiful.
2: shit. Wow. Wow.
1: Very well, good. I love how you, cause you, you've achieved, I mean, there's expression on their face yeah. that, that you could feel. Yeah. yeah. I, when I was in college, I was,
3: you know, I, I was really more studying to be like a, a technical or a medical illustrator. And I just was, I was, was in bands. I never thought I'd have a career in music and, um, and, you know, it just, it happened by accident. I was mm-hmm. in this band I mentioned earlier, Wolfgang. And our drummer, Bugs Pemberton, was an English drummer who was was in Jackie Lomax and The Undertakers in England. Oh,
2: Jackie Lomax. Oh, my God. And
3: um, so uh, he had a friend named John Fishbeck who owned Crystal Recording Studio, who did all the early Stevie Wonder records, you know, songs in the Key of Life and all that. Mm -hmm. And John would come and hang out at our rehearsals with us because we had a house that we rented and that the band rehearsed in and one of the rehearsals he brought a friend of his who had just gotten back from England an old childhood friend and it was James Taylor
2: oh. yeah.
3: wow. and he hung out with us for a couple of days and that was it and then when James got the opportunity wow. to play the troubadour um, he remembered mm-hmm. me from this rehearsal and they wow. and Peter Asher they tracked me So through.
2: that's what started your career playing yeah. James Taylor. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's really mm-hmm. something. Amazing. If
1: I ordered uh, if if we ordered one of the uh, one of your pieces of art do you personally autograph it?
3: No, they're, they're limited edition. So I sign it and number it. Uh, There's there's a very specific amount available with the payday. There's a hundred, there's 150. They're like museum quality prints on it. it
1: I got one last question, Leland, before we, we head out of the hanging and banging section here. So obviously you've, you've worked with literally, literally countless individuals, um, legendary and otherwise, um, Otherwise, mostly, otherwise, <laughs> uh, and you've gotten you received so many awards, but let's say there was the top lifetime achievement award or whatever that would be some, some big deal, living or, or, or not living or halfway in between. Who would be the one that you would select to, to, to give that to you to present that to you?
3: Wow, um. I would probably say Liberace because that's what got me into thinking about music in the first place. <laughs>
2: <It> would, <laughs> that's isn't cool. that funny?
3: It would be. I mean, he had such a wonderful TV show. Yeah, yep. it, it was, I like, remember it. Yeah, I mean, we so all he had, do.
1: He had this candelabra. George, yeah, George, right? The candelabra, George. right? The candelabra. Yeah, George.
3: George would come out and play violin, and so. But yeah. I would watch it with my parents, and I was completely enamored with it. You know, so. But there, there's, a, there's so many people, you know, that I've been, you know, respectful of. You know, I, I'm not in awe of people as much. Occasionally, I'll work on a project where I'm kind of like really taken aback. I did two albums with Andy Griffith and sitting, wow. in the, stu- sitting in the studio with Andy Griffith. <laughs> I, I was freaking out, you know, just because here's my whole childhood, you know, watching Andy, you know. Yeah. And not only that, but from Onion Head and Facing the Crowd and No Time for Sergeant. Yeah. And the funniest thing he said in the studio was he had still had all this beautiful thick white hair. And he looked over and he went, Who would have thought I'd have all this hair and Opie would be bald?
1: <laughs> That's, That's excellent.
3: I I'll tell was, you
1: what, you know, if somebody asked me if the great Uh, quote unquote rock and roll bassist Leland Sklar, who is legends and icons, would be and and his two top was Liberace and Andy Griffith. I'd probably lose that bet, um, (laughs) I really would. But Leland, on behalf of all of us here on Hanging Banging, yeah, (laughs) and uh, want to thank you so much for uh, honoring us, honest to God, honoring us by being on the show. Hopefully you'll come awesome, back dude. and talk to us. We wish I, you the best uh, uh, on the air. I, I, mean, would on the love road, to,
3: I would love to come back, and I'd love to come back at some chance and and, and talk to you about the band with Waddy and Cooch and Russ and yeah. Steve. I wish about. you
2: good Waddy and you again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, would,
1: I would love it. Yeah, awesome. That would be great. Once That's again, good, thank I'll, you. I'll, thank be, sa- I'll
2: be personally emailing you to get your number so we can.
1: Okay, no, let's stay maybe. in touch. Send, some man, files,
2: and, send you some files.
3: I would love it. No, I, I would absolutely love it. It's so good to see you, man. It's
2: been a long but this time. this is
3: great, and Ann, Jesus, yeah, yeah, I know. So right? good. So it looks great. She yeah. looks great. She looks yeah.
2: great. She sounds very inspired. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to have her on there. So yeah, this hey, you guys, you have a great. Still, I gotta go. I gotta go to BJ's.
1: So. <laughs> I don't know what that is, and I'm not going to ask. It's Ladies and like gentlemen, once again, like it is another edition of Hanging and Banging here with, uh, again, I mean, some of these guys hate when I use the word legends and icons because they equate it to old, but it's it's honest to goodness truth when you got Leland Sklar, Ann Wilson, Vinnie Apice, and Carmine Apice all on the same show, as we do each week here on Hanging and Banging, Uh, Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on our Spotify, our podcast, iHeartRadio. And make sure you like us and share and let everybody know what a cool experience Hanging and Banging is each Thursday night, 6 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock on the West Coast, and 7 p.m. on the East Coast. Until next Thursday, stay cool, stay rocking, and stay Hanging and Banging.